Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike as usual, and we're excited to be with you for the podcast. Thanks for listening. The topic uh, for the podcast today is considering missions. So what we want to dive into, and I'll kind of maybe set the table for this. Um, what we want to dive into is maybe an exploration of why and how and with what resources and in what ways somebody in a local church in America, and obviously for most of us listening at Grace Church of Orange, how might a person or a family consider uh, the thought of missions and potentially themselves going to be in a different setting cross-culturally? Engagement outside of that? Absolutely. But specifically on the podcast today, we just want to think about how might somebody think for themselves about the prospect of being in a situation like that, going overseas or to a different culture, what that would look like. What does what that early processing stage look like? And the reason we're talking about this is we're in week five now of six with the missions course. Um, not uh, not that everybody listening to this has been there, but um, there's just been lots of good encouragement from the missions course speakers and, and in the content, encouragement about the just the state of the gospel among the nations, lots of encouraging things, but also a sense of, of need, of urgency, of uh, encouragement to consider what part, you know, each of us individually might play. So that was probably too long of an introduction, but Mike, let me just ask, let me ask you this question to start. Um, Do you think that it would be an accurate statement to say that, that every believer in any country, not just America, at some point uh, should or, or, or ought to consider the idea of going somewhere in a cross-cultural setting for the sake of the gospel? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. Okay, no, oh. is, the answer is no. Uh, and, and let me give you, let me, un, let me unravel that ball of yarn, okay? So we're talking about, what's our title? Considering Missions? Considering Missions. Okay. And we're talking about kind of cross-cultural far away, even, yeah, even yeah. 1040 window type uh, unreached. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm trying to be less America centric, right? So should somebody who's a believer in Zambia consider going to a neighboring country? That That's kind of, you know, or maybe going to a more remote area with the gospel. Yeah. I was going to go with that with yeah, you. Just yeah. so you, I was going to, I was going to flip that around okay, and go, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, we've, we've been talking about this since we were in Africa yeah. earlier this year, that uh, Africans have the same call, uh, the great commission, but also you know, the Great Commission weren't Jesus's last words, okay, on earth. Uh, that would, that would, recorded would be in Acts 1, where he says, you know, you, uh, you uh, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the, uh, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, by application, that would, because they were there, and he, he names specific places that where they are, and the, the, the ripple effect, the concentric circles going out. So the way I've put it over the years is from where you are to the ends of the earth, wherever mm-hmm. you are, wherever your yeah. starting point is to the ends of the earth. And totally. I think, I think that makes sense because then the gospel crisscrosses and goes in every direction and then covers everything. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, was that the original intent of, of what Jesus was saying? You have to, you have to break that down and go, well, he was saying the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So that's what needs to happen. So that now when people take that, because Acts is descriptive, not prescriptive. And, and it's funny that I was, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day that was mentioning that. But then he quoted Acts as if it was prescriptive, <laughs> which was kind of funny. Like he wants, we want to have it both ways. We right. want it to prescribe how we mm. should act. 
but we don't want, but we want to also say it's descriptive. And there's certain things that we have to go, is that literally ex- extrapolated out then on every Christian? It's kind of like that's the question. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15, right? right? Paul's talking to Timothy. Is that for every person who ever picks up a Bible or only for pastors and elders? You know, now I would say by way of application, every Christian should have a passion. And I'm going to take us to the Old Testament, Psalm 67, okay? Kind of a classic uh, missions, uh, you know, uh, song, right? Mm-hmm. May God be gracious to us, bless us, make his face to shine upon us. Uh, this idea that there would be salvation, that your people, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Yes. All right? Yes. Let the peoples praise you, O God, that they would be saved and and continue in him, right? Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Literally, God, Lord, cause your people to praise you, and Lord, cause people to come to know you. And, and it, you know, let the nations be glad, for you judge the people with equity, that they would rejoice in your right judgments and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you. Uh, let all the peoples praise you. The earth is filled with this increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him which is really kind of a then it kind of a tie into every knee bowing and every tongue confessing uh, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I would say you've got this this um, the story of God is his plan to save whoever he will save and have mercy on whom he wills and he would be saved save people to serve his purposes and this is about the gospel going everywhere and it's not linear. I've said it before I think it's it's matrixy. Yes. Okay, it's, yes. it's all angles. It's going let all the ends of the earth fear him. So going back to your question, I haven't forgotten your question then, should every Christian in every time uh, consider going? Now, did you say consider or did you say should? I said consider. Okay. Should the thought ever be on your mind? If you're reading the Bible, it better be on your mind. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you say, if you take the word sh- uh, consider out and say, should they all go? No. Yeah, yeah right. Because again, and do you think about because the gospel has gone everywhere and because people have gone everywhere? L.A. County is a melting pot of like every imaginable, you know, a people group and, and same for Atlanta, Georgia and other places so that you don't have to go so far to to reach unreached peoples at times. But then there are tribal peoples that are still to be reached. And there's there's just a whole debate on all of that. So right. I'd say everyone should at least have the thought on their mind. If it never crossed your mind, something's disconnected. Hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Part of the reason I ask is, and I actually, I think the missions course content has been wonderful. I love it, but I do, it's almost like you're confronted with sometimes, I'll, I'll just say statistics, numbers, maybe especially about the 1040 window or Papua. Um, you like how I said that? That was very... Uh, Papua New Guinea, Papua, PNG. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, you know, my first missions trip was to Irian Jaya, Indonesia, which is the left half of that island, New right, Guinea. Right. So you, you draw a line down the middle of it and you got Indonesia is on the left and then you got, you know, 10,000 islands or whatever it is. And then you got Papua New Guinea. But it's very similar. The pictures he showed last night even, very similar to the pictures I took in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. people, because they're all, they're tribal peoples right. on that island. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing experience. Um, I, I was just going to say, and I don't think this is what's communicated, but I think this can be the, almost the narrative that can be accidentally caught. It can almost feel like the only thing that's holding a church like ours back from sending people, and we, we, we should, we should be sending many people because the need is so great. And the only thing holding us back is that people are too attached to comfort or unwilling to go. And I, I for some reason, that just sits in a funny way with me. Um, 
but it is just it's interesting to think you know you're confronted with the need and there is a sense in in which i can appreciate why people say things like the question is not should i go but should i stay so i don't know do you have any response to that how, like how have you been mm-hmm. kind of thinking through those things even just over the last few weeks or right. more broadly yeah that's good i've been a christian since 1982 listeners so just for context um and I went on my first mission, if you want to call it a missions trip overseas, again, to Irian Jaya, Indonesia in 1987. So, uh, you know, five-year baby baby Christian. I was in seminary already, got in seminary in 85. And I was already on staff at the church in, by, by 85, and I was doing ministry. And I really thought I was going to be a, a missionary overseas, even to Irian Jaya. Mm. So I went two times, 87 and 89. And it was interesting because I was very willing to go. And at the time I was single, and at the time I was uh, my the counsel I was given by the missionary that was really recruiting me heavily, was you need to come back with a wife. Don't come back here, you know, single. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I didn't get married till ninety one. So there, that window, I'm not going to say it closed at all because when we even on our honeymoon we went to candidate school one day at the missions agency back back east. I don't yeah. know if you knew that, but yeah. uh, and just one of the days we just went in and just sat, sat in and just and we were thinking, are we going to do this? You mm. know, and and then. Here's the thing. If you say, and this is why I say this story, if you say, well, it's only because people are uh, they, they're addicted to comfort and they're unwilling to go, um, what, what happens is you ignore the sovereignty of God and, and the providential orchestration of all things. I will say a compelling argument, though, is uh, the resource allocation. Yeah. Okay. So when you say yeah. resource allocation, how many workers are here yes. as opposed to other places, what I think it ignores, though, and maybe I'm missing it completely, but I think it ignores, it still has an American kind of yes. nationalistic view. Yes. And it's like, but that's ignoring all the other countries sending people into places right. that are actually closer to them, but right. still to the, they're closer to the unreached people than we are. Yes. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't think about it. Culturally, linguistically, they're closer. And, and yeah. would you, I mean, I, I've always, or I shouldn't say I've always felt, but I think my thinking has come to a place where I'd say, if possible, it's probably best to send the closest you know kind of person that you can culturally speaking linguistically better to send somebody like that into a more unengaged context than somebody who's like from a totally different kind of culture like america for example um that might and and i think that in conversations with missionaries or missions agencies actually the story becomes you know like we need both we need people who can maybe come with some of the access to training and resources that people in america have we need people who might be a little bit closer to you know that culture going uh-huh. it's kind of all of the above and i think maybe it's collaborative in the sense that it's not an america-centric mentality us is we're the hub that has spokes going to every part of the world people like you're saying it's, it's a matrix multi you know angle uh people are sending from different parts of the world and we're working collaboratively with mm-hmm. co- collaboratively with other churches um I'm kind of running myself into a dead end here, but uh, yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I'm tracking with you. I, you yeah. know, there's a couple things I'm, I'm thinking right now. Um, okay, I've never said this out loud, nor have I thought about it a lot. So you might want to cut this part out of the podcast, but <laughs> we want to hear it. I just, I had, a, it. I just had this thought. Um, it seems to me that some of the most imperialistic countries over the years, yeah. like England yes. and America, have sent the most missionaries at times because they were able, they had money. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. where you think of Irian Jaya, Indonesia, where there's been believers there since the 1960s, they don't have the wherewithal to send people to, you know, uh, some other place. Keep going. I like where you're heading. I with don't this. know. I, 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 I don't know. Night. I don't know where I'm heading with it, but I'm just thinking, wow, isn't that interesting that God in his providence would 
propagate the gospel from places, not solely, but from places that are more able. Now, right. where where I see the locus of the most fervent gospel missions emphasis right now, and it's probably because my attention's focused there, but Africa. Hmm. And here's these countries that are very poor that are saying, we're going. We're coming to you, America. You know, it's like, we're going to do this. And we'll go on your dime. You know, it's like, hey, God's <laughs> giving you the money. <laughs> right. you, you send us over and we'll right. send people, you know. Uh, and again, and I will say this, I don't, I think the closest is, there's, an, there's a compelling argument to maybe to be made that way, but I would say, I would, uh, I would, Higher than that, I would say most willing. Who's okay. the most willing okay. to go? Okay, and maybe providentially um, enabled, like you're saying, yeah. like like someone you're in, uh, in. I can't pronounce that word. Irian Jaya. Irian Jaya. Irian Jaya. Someone I R I A N J A Y A. Two words. Now they Irian go. I think they Jaya. just go by Irian now. I'm not okay. sure though. Yeah. Someone in Irian Indonesia might be closer to a tribe in Papua New Guinea, but they may have, for a number of reasons less potential to go kind of that's kind of what you're saying so somebody Maybe, in a yeah. wealthy country in the west it, it just it just becomes complicated i guess is yeah. you know all that to say i think that you know hopefully even at our church we're avoiding this idea that you know if we don't go who will america has to you know be the ones that go and, and send to every nation or something like that yeah at the same time and this is what maybe we can become a little bit more kind of positive here mike People are, you know, here at our church, not just in the missions course, but all the time is as they're hearing preaching, as they're having conversations, they're exposed to this theme that God's glory is going to, you know, spread across the earth. People from all nations are going to praise his name. What would start to prompt some, either, either what have you seen or maybe in terms of kind of what you think ought to be the case, what moves somebody from a place of, yes, I see that, I am passionate about that, you know, great theme and narrative of God's glory among the nations to that personal aspect. Is it, is it just desire? Is it a sense of training or, mm. or, or exposure to, you know, it's like, okay, I've been to Bible college or I've been done seminary or I've, you know, I have the, the possibility financially. Um, is it the elders coming to somebody and saying, Hey, have you ever thought about possibly considering a, a, a different context for ministry? We could really see that for you and your family. Like what would, or, and I'm thinking of some of our college age people who've been sitting in the missions course somebody might be saying, I'm not sure if I'm personally feeling a ton of desire to go. Somebody else might be saying, I, I am thinking about that. Like, what's the line? What would kind of start to direct someone to consider missions for themselves? Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts about that. You know, it's interesting. Um, the one thing we don't want to do, going to all nations doesn't mean DEI, okay? You know, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like, hey, let's send this many people and let's do this to this group and that group. Right. Um, it, what it has to do is, we have to be about sending and going because the gospel is about that. And I think about church planting and leadership development. If we really boil it down, this is why we want to focus on this in our missions, yes. is because the Bible focuses on church planting and leadership development. Yep. It just does. And I think desire and training and accountability and, and ownership all play in together. I think what you were just saying, like, why, why shouldn't we ask the question? Would you like, have you ever thought about going? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when, when people ask that question, people end up going. Okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Yes. And yeah. so I think like my friend, Phil Hunt, you know, our friend, Phil Hunt in, in uh, Kitwe, Zambia, I wrote to him on September 13th. And here's what I wrote to him. Dude, I love you, brother. I saw what you posted on, what you posted on Facebook and you dropped fire on my head <laughs> with number six. And I said this, because he had said, don't 
don't stay home because you think you're just going to give money to train nationals. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said with number six, I have found myself thinking so often we just need to train nationals because it's too expensive to send Americans and we often bring our problems. But it's true. We need to send people from every place to the ends of the earth, wherever that is, from their place or our place. He writes back, hey, brother, good to hear from you. You're the best. No, he didn't say that. He said, good, brother, you're, you're good to hear from you. Um, uh, you're the most gifted. No. Um, so no, uh, dear brother, good to hear from you. A passion for church planting missions from our local congregation, I think, pours fuel on a fire that motivates people to reach their own Jerusalem as well. Yes. At the end of the day, we are commanded by God to help us uh, be faithful. Uh, love you. So we're commanded. So God help us be faithful. Um, anyway, that encouragement, it was helpful to me. Hmm. I would say this, I, I think that we should be saying it in many ways as possible that the gospel is to go to all nations and then let the chips fall where they may let, I mean, and be, you know, strategic as we want, but like say it as many times as we can. Remember what we, we learned after week one of the missions course, there was no tab on our website. Mm. for long-term missions yeah. there was there, there was tab there was a tab that said here's all of our long-term missionaries but then it said if you want to go on a missions trip click here for short-term missions which is a, a wonderful way to get your feet wet with it okay but there's no way to say i want to consider to be a long-term missionary would you consider helping me get trained to do this yes and send me out yeah 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 i think i have maybe maybe another two questions and we can see where it goes but one question would just be okay so talk for a second to somebody who's let's say I'm just going to say on the younger side, in their 20s. And this is going to be maybe a rehash of some of what we heard last night at the missions course. But talk to somebody who is thinking about missions, considering it for themselves. What what should they be doing, you know, mm -hmm. focusing on? Their, let's say they're 20 years old or mm -hmm. maybe a little bit older. And they're just thinking, okay, maybe it's me. Mm -hmm. and, and they want to start to explore it. Yeah. What kind of things should they be doing right now? Oh, great question. Don't just sit there with your Bible and your journal and tell God. Okay. Tell trusted advisors that this is something on your heart. Uh, let people know that this is a desire that God has, that you believe God has placed on your heart uh, for one reason or another. Uh, write it down in your journal. Uh, have people praying for you. Now, now, don't go to the other extreme and, and pronounce that you are now right. you know, going here right. and everyone needs to send you and, a, and do yes. a GoFundMe. Yep. Uh, go to your church leaders and, and say, I, I, I think perhaps... Uh, God may be leading me in this way, and I have this great desire. Is this something that I can? Do you see in me uh, the 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 necessary desire, uh, character, maturing Christian life, where you would walk with me through this process? And then I would I would ask my leaders, help me chart the process. If they say we've never done this, say wonderful, I'm your test case. Right? You know, can I be your test case? Yeah. And and it's well like, said. but most of the yeah. time, most churches have sent people out. And so it's like, uh, okay, be faithful in ministry. We're always going to say be faithful now in ministry, but that can't be where you end. Go to the TMAI uh, yes. Mission Symposium in March. Yes. Come with us. Now, yes. if they don't show up to that, and they don't put it on their calendar and mark one Tuesday yeah. for nine to five, I would be like, okay, did you get sick or did you have to work? But other than that, come on, you need to go. I, I've already told one person, at least pick this day go to and the, come. Yeah. yeah, come. Go to the cross to conference. To it. Yeah. Okay, so in yeah. January, oh no, is it February. January, February, the cross conference in uh, in Kentucky, in Louisville. 
Yeah. Uh, that's uh, for 18 to 25 year olds yeah. for missions. Yeah. Like we should be sending a group there. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to tell you about that, I'll by the way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Grace yeah. Rancho was yeah. sending uh, some awesome. folks there. Yeah. You could go with Zarate and go, yeah. Hey, Brian Zarate. Hey, Michael Shera. Hey, Eric Durso. Yeah. Hi, hi Mark yeah. Severance. No, seriously though, these guys are going and the cross conference um, is, is a missions. I went to one called Urbana. Yes. Which was a every two year thing. Yeah, went yeah. in 1989, I think it was, when I was in seminary. Uh-huh. Just got done with seminary, I think, or about to graduate. And I'm saying, like, that kind of thing, you've got to be going to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Go to a missions conference. Yeah. Go to anything missions related that you can, and then right. get involved with anything you can. Go on the short term trips. Yeah. But then it's link key. up, find, ask your church, what organizations would you give a thumbs up on? Is it radius? Is it is it this group? Is it that group? Encompass? What what is it? What can I? What do you think? Who should I be talking to? And link them up with no promises, but like get on some kind of path. Super helpful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I feel like if I could summarize what you said: faithfulness in the local church, mm-hmm. and 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 growing in personal holiness, character, um, exposure to missions in any way you can get it, mm-hmm. and then just lots of processing with with older wise people in your life. Yeah, but um, and at some point you gotta fill out an application. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. it. Like go on the website of a group that, that your church has said we feel good about them and it inter, um what is it, register your interest. Yeah. Because there's they all have intake. Okay. Now now let me just let me just share a little thing. Okay. So when I did that, and I was, you know, this was back before the internet. Okay. <laughs> this was in the eighties, late eighties, and I I was like, I'm going. And I got a call, I literally got a, a, a definite call. They said Similar to other guys I know that got definite calls where they're like, come over here and help us, Macedonian call. Yes. I had, was preaching in Irinjai, Indonesia to this big group of kids on this big grass field at a pig feast. And the, the missionary that was interviewing, uh, that was translating for me, turns to me because a guy got up, a man got up and starts saying some things to me. And he translates and he goes, Mike, you just got your Macedonian call. He goes, we want Mike to come back here and, and work with our youth uh, all throughout uh and Jaya and all the different tribes and this and that. And, and um, I started on that trajectory. So they linked me up with uh, a guy uh, that was a retired missionary and he was kind of the mobilizer. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was I kind of got a lot of pressure. When are you going? When are you going? When are yeah, you going? Yeah. Don't sell out. Don't, don't, don't right. cave in. Right. And my, my wife and I, Angie and I were just praying like, Lord, is this what you want us to do? And we didn't, sense the freedom again I, that's a subjective call it's so yeah, yeah. And, but there were t- i beat myself up for years thinking i sold out to the to the to being in the local church as if that was a bad thing right and i didn't go yeah. right i didn't yeah. go and but then i went on lots of other missions trips but not we didn't go and just go there forever and i don't know yeah i'm not going to say that, that we that we said no to god's call because i don't have any inkling that that was what i was supposed to do so again, and again, I, I think if I could have done that, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah. So I'd say that if you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to end up not doing this, don't think that your life is substandard now for the rest of your life here because you, no. or let's say the missions agency say to you, you have too much debt or you have too many issues Health or you're issues struggling with that, this, yeah, yeah, that yeah. We, won't right. let, we, we won't let you do it. Right. And you're like, all my dreams are dashed. No, God had something else for you. Yep. You know, and I, I, I just to to totally jump on all, all of that. I thought the the line last night was so helpful. Your twenties are for training. I thought that was a great line. Um, it is a good line. A, a, it is a good line. Yeah, but, maybe it's overblown, but I just thought for for somebody who is younger and is starting to think about this, I, I would say even with all the exposure missions, I, all of like in, within all of that, 
faithfulness and just pouring your life into the local church as well as local discipleship, or I should say, you know, kind of evangelistic, you know, yeah. uh, action locally. Um, that That's so key because I'll just speak for Grace Orange, like the elders at Grace uh, would not want, and I'm, I, I don't want to speak for them, but, but we're wanting to send out people who have test have been tested and found faithful, you know, have, pro- have proven themselves as people who love the Lord love his church, have a personal maturity. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a time, you know, even for a young person to kind of just build that up as they're mm-hmm. potentially preparing for this. Yeah. Um, last question from me. And then, uh, and then I think maybe anything else from you. Yeah, go, go ahead. You want to jump in with something really fast? Um, sure. You know, I, let me just mention one thing. The, the, the your twenties are for training thing. That's great, but I would push against that and say your whole life is for training. Fair. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. If you look in history at some of the missionaries that went, they started later than that, okay? And uh, people that did notable things and God used in notable ways, sometimes they were pushing uh, older than everyone in this room, right, okay? Right, So I'm just saying don't, don't, you know, the retired people can go do this too, you, you know? No, you're anticipating my next question. I should have just asked oh. that. I was going to say, okay, maybe you're not 20. What if somebody's been, oh, you know, hearing you this or sitting, no, 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 sitting in missions course or just in the life of local church, they're, they're 30, they're 40, 50, 60, 70. They're, all their kids are out of the house and they're just thinking, what about me? Maybe me. How would you, how would you help that person think through things? Do not talk yourself out of it if you have a desire. Awesome. Go talk to your leaders, awesome. pray about it and talk to your leaders and, and expose uh, in a good way your ideas. Yeah, that's great. Don't talk yourself out of it. If you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, I mean it. Uh, and you're like, I am sold out for the cause of Christ and I want to do some gospel work. Uh, and it might be to the ends of the earth. Don't talk yourself out of it. That's good. Yeah, yeah super helpful. Uh, listeners, hold that was helpful to you. I know we kind of wandered all over, but you know, wherever you're at in the middle of all this, hope that might just have been an encouragement, help you think through these things. Uh, we love you and we appreciate that you listen and thankful for uh, the chances to just, for those of you who are at Grace, just live life with you and follow the Lord together. So uh, until next time, God bless you and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast.